Alrighty, welcome to another awesome Metal Blade podcast. Today with us is Mr. Alex Webster of Cannibal Corpse. How's it going, man? Oh, very good, very good. Thanks awesome. for having me here. <laughs> and while you are uh, sitting out there on your favorite websites, people, make sure to check out ours at MetalBlade.com and MetalBladeStore.com. Alright, Alex, so uh, it's time yet again for the world to be pulverized with another Cannibal record. You guys ready for this? Um, definitely. You know, <laughs> we're actually chomping at the bit at this point because we haven't done a show since, um, like, October 2007. We spent pretty much all of 2008 writing and then recording this record, and now we've been going through the whole promotional process. So, yeah, we're just about ready to, to explode, you know. We want to get out there and start doing shows, and we can't wait until the, until the record is released and see what our fans think of it. Awesome. And uh, February 3rd is the date. Uh, Evisceration Plague is the name of the record. And uh, you guys went back to uh, Eric Rutan this time around. I'm sure it was amazing, as always, in the studio with him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Eric is a great friend of the band, and he's, uh, I think, as pretty much anyone who follows death metal knows, Eric is not just a great producer of death metal, he's also a great musician. And that's very helpful when it comes to, um, you know, times when we need to have a an extra ear in the studio you know we'll be for example trying to decide on one thing or the other um maybe working on a harmony or maybe what kind of drum beat paul might want to use for a particular part and having someone in there whose opinion we really trust when it comes to death metal um that's good you know he helps us make some decisions in there for sure he's he's great Amen. We we have lots of love for the Rutan over here at Metal Blade as well. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Great, dude. Uh, did he happen to contribute anything to the record? I mean, actually playing-wise? Um, actually, yeah, he did. Um, on the 11th song, Unnatural, there was a, a section. Pat had a lot of solos to get ready. And um, I remember Eric had actually asked me on Kill if there was a spot he could do a solo, and I couldn't think of a spot because Pat pretty much had everything worked out and Rob had his couple of leads on there, so we really didn't have anything for him on Kill. And on this one, it seemed like it would be perfect because the um, the part just seemed like something he would be able to do a good lead over. It was a, written out of a scale that I know that he likes to play in a lot of his leads, and um, it did work out great. I mean, it, it, he did such a killer lead. <laughs> it was even better than we had hoped for, really, and it's right towards the end of the song Unnatural. You can hear his lead. And man, it was it was great. I mean, we're so happy that he did it. He did a fantastic job. Awesome. So he gets to leave his uh, his little stamp on the project then. Yep. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> uh, well, actually, that leads me to the next question. Uh, if you could have anybody else, like like your ultimate, ultimate guest, either vocalist or musician, play on your record, do you have any ideas of who you'd want it to be? Besides oh, but there's, there's a lot of great musicians in death metal that I would love to jam with, and, you know, it would be cool to have them. I mean, it's hard to do guest appearances without them seeming like, you know, you just made that particular spot for that person or whatever. So this really just hypothetically speaking, because we couldn't, you know, we it just particularly, it just happened to work out that Eric did, you know, an amazing job and fit perfectly on that one particular lead. Right. But, um... It's not always easy to find a spot for guests. I think there are a few musicians that would definitely be awesome to jam with, you know, and like, um, I really love Martin Von Drunen's vocals from, he's in Hail of Bullets now, but, you know, he's pretty much famous for his old stuff with S-Fix and the first couple Pestilence records, and he's one of my favorite singers. Um, I would love to, you know, 
jam in a band with him someday or something, or if he wanted to do a guest scream on a cannibal record, that was <laughs> fine with all of us, too, I'm sure. So he's just one of many, though. There's killer guitar players out there, you know, Obviously, Eric, it was a great honor to get him in on it. I also really like Gene from Angel Corpse is playing a lot. Um, there's a bunch of people. The guys from Christian are unbelievable. Oh, a lot yes. of great musicians out there that we would be certainly honored to record something with. Awesome. Maybe maybe I'll tell uh, I'll tell uh, Halo Bullets you said that and make, it'll make him feel good. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know we would definitely like to do some touring with them in the future, so we might even get a chance to tell them ourselves. All right, if we, do, if we manage to work that out, doing business over the podcast, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well uh, b- back to the album here. Um, uh, I assume uh, Vince Locke was the mastermind behind the artwork yet again, correct? Yes, I mean, it's really, um, the creative team on that is usually Paul um, talking to Vince. You know, Paul's been the, our one guy who is in communication with Vince for the artwork, so they kind of work together on it, and, you know, they'll show us the sketches, and then we'll say, hey, we like this, or hey, maybe this could be a little different, that sort of thing, and um, we're really happy with what Vince did this time. You know, we've got the cover, which is sort of a dark, you know, foreboding kind of cover where you're you see the zombies are coming at you, and then the piece that's on the interior is the actual mayhem that's taking place after they, you know, come closer and everything. So it's sort of a before and after <laughs> kind of thing, what's going on on the album cover. And um, we're really happy with both pieces Vince did. I think it's, um, you know, it's it's just really always been something that's been e- easy for Vince. I think he um, came from a background, you know, doing Dead World comics where doing gore and zombie-type art is just, that's his forte, or one of them. You know, I mean, he's good at other things, too, when it comes to, you know, graphic novels, but he's really a, an expert at the kind of art that we need him to do. So he did a great job once again. Awesome. I'm, I'm just trying to think back. Is there is there a cover that he hasn't done, or has he done them all? Um, well, he's done art on all of them. Yeah. There's a couple of things that could be sort of considered an exception. For example, on Kill, we had um, the Metal Blade graphics guy, um, Brian Ames. He wound up doing the cover, which was just the basic cover that says Kill. But the, the actual artwork, something that was actually painted for it, was the, the creepy guy holding the knife. And that wound up being on the interior. Right. So yeah, the only awesome. <laughs> painted artwork for that album was done by Vince. Yeah. So the cover is basically just the name. And that was just, yeah, something that um, Brian at the graphics department put together. Um, also, there's one little thing, probably not very many of our fans know about this, but the, the Hammer Smashed Face EP, the European release, that piece of art, we never even saw that. Our, the, the European, whoever Metal Blade was dealing with for European releases back then, I think it was Music for Nations, they actually hired an artist, had him draw a Hammer Smashed Face piece of art, approved it, and pressed it, and sold it without us even knowing about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, that Hammer Smashed Face art is, um, I mean, it's, it's gory, but it's, it's a little bit corny. Um, we never approved <laughs> it. We didn't see it until we got over to Europe for a tour. And they're showing us all these, and we're like, we didn't see this. We didn't. We don't even know who did this, you know. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they didn't want just the regular red cover like it has in America. Right. Yeah, they wanted a piece of art, so they put their own on without even asking us. Some, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the guy who did that art either, but that was not an approved 
official piece of cannibal corpse art in our eyes. All right, so they, for the record, everybody out there, if you yeah, see that, yeah, it's, it's not I'm approved. I'm wanting to clear up, but nobody's <laughs> asked about it, and it's not the first thing that's on my mind. But since, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that piece of art there, we never really felt um, that it was official because we had nothing to do with it. Right, right. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to play the title track from the new album, Evisceration Plague, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. 
That was Evisceration Play, title track of the new Cannibal Corpse album, and uh, we're back with Alex Webster. Uh, so in the time between the last record and this one, um, there's been a, a couple of, of really cool side activities, I'm going to say activities, <laughs> uh, going on with you guys. Um, first off, you released uh, Blotted Science, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's the, um, it's Ron Charzombeck's band, actually. I mean, he invited me to, to participate in it, and also Charlie from Behold the Octopus is the, the drummer for that band, so it's the three of us together. But, um, yeah, Ron is definitely the, the guy who coordinated it and put the whole thing together. Awesome. And then uh, you had just a little bit of a role in the Hate Eternal record, right? That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> Eric did not have a permanent bass player, and I live down here, and he's one of my closest friends, so it just worked out really well for me to play on the record. Um, you know, I got together with him and learned the parts and then tried to put together some cool-sounding bass parts for the songs that Eric had written and went in and recorded them pretty much between tours with Cannibal because that was in 2007 and we were still doing a ton of touring. So, um, you know, it wound up being something where I did ne- I never ended up getting to play a show with those guys, but I did record on the record. and It was, it was a great honor. I mean, those guys, Jade, Sean, Eric are just amazing people and they're amazing musicians you know so that was definitely uh, an honor for me to be invited to do that record for sure yeah i was completely stoked when i found out i don't think i don't think anybody better could have done it honestly (laughs) uh and then after um actually in the past couple i guess it past couple years uh george fisher's been doing some stuff with metalocalypses and voiceovers and everything so i thought that was pretty that was pretty sweet yeah yeah that's um you know as far as i know the nathan explosion character is um somewhat inspired by george i mean uh-huh. i believe brent <laughs> and tommy from metalocalypse have actually or they've actually said that he was part of the inspiration for that character so um you know, they ended up getting in touch with us. They they liked they liked Cannibal and a lot of other death metal bands, and they got in touch with us and had George come down and do some voices for characters. He just to be clear too, he's not Nathan Explosion's voice, though. A lot of people think because of the physical similarity that <laughs> they do some of that stuff, but that's actually Brendan. Um, George did he's done voices for various different characters, but not for Nathan Explosion. Himself. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does look a lot like him, though. <laughs> As, it's, it's pretty easy to tell that <laughs> he's part of the inspiration for it. It would be a pretty pretty big coincidence if, if he wasn't. <laughs> 
All right. Well, also between um, the last record and now, there was uh, Centuries of Torment, uh, the DVD that was released, which has one of the most amazing documentaries I've ever seen. And it's one of my favorites. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I work with you guys, but it's seriously three epic hours of like VH1 behind the music cannibal corpse footage. It's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. I mean, we're we're really happy with how that turned out. It's um, It's been great to get such a, a, a positive response to that DVD. And as much as we love the compliments, um, I've been completely trying to direct all the compliments towards Denise Koricki, the the um, the person who actually put it together and did all the work. She is amazing, the, <laughs> but she's the one. She's the one who made it what it is. I mean, in someone else's hands, it might not have been nearly as good. Um, she really, you know, put her whole heart into this. There's no doubt in my mind that she made as much effort as anyone possibly could to make this a great video, you know, and she, she really did. I mean, we can't thank her enough for having put that much time into it because you could have, it could have been half as good and still been good. You know what I mean? She really put so much effort into it, going out there, tracking down all these people for interviews. And, um, it makes it look like a whole team of people were working on it. It was just her. Yeah, she, you know, she's great. I mean, she, flew, she flew to various different places. You know, uh-huh. to Buffalo flew to Tampa, flew out to L.A. to interview people at NAMM because there's a that's a good way to get a lot of you know musicians all at once. But yeah, she did a a ton of work um, making it what it is. So we're we're very grateful, and we we got to kind of watch it um, and be impressed by it. You know, even though it's a release, like I said, it's a release that says Cannibal Corpse on it, but. Um, she's the one who put it together so when we got to see the final project we were blown away by it as well as you know the same way maybe one of the uh, one of our fans would be blown away by it we were just as blown away because we didn't know what it was going to end up being like and we were so impressed right i mean the, the thing is it it comes out to 3 hours long but you got to wonder how long would how long is all the footage? I mean, there's probably twenty hours worth of footage that she got. <laughs> I, I seem to remember her saying that she filled up like either two or three terabyte hard drives just with this project. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that, that's a lot. It was like hundreds of hours of footage. Um, she's got a ton of raw footage, um, just from going out and filming with us on tour, and then all the different interviews. And we also gathered up as much of the old. Um, you know, as much old bootleg footage of us playing live and any old, um, you know, footage of us that we had filmed ourselves hanging out on tour and stuff like that or hanging out in the studio. So it was a massive... I, I don't think... You really had, would have to attempt to do something like that to understand just how massive of a project it is. Yeah. You know, to organize... It, out of hundreds of hours of footage, how do you make it into a three-hour-long movie yeah. that's actually <laughs> interesting? She did it. Exactly. Uh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and if it were up to me, it would probably be the seven-hour-long, incoherent mess. You know, I mean, she, she made this awesome three-hour movie where I was thinking, when she told me it was going to be three hours, I was like, oh, boy, how is, how is a movie about our band going to be interesting enough to hold people's attention for three hours? Well, and that's the and thing. And it really cause... does. She, she made such a good flow with it. You can sit down and watch the whole thing, and it does not seem like it's three hours long. I was going to say exactly that. You just you have no idea that that amount of time has gone by when you watch it. It's just it's that good. So everybody yeah. go buy it so you can know what we're talking about. <laughs> Whoa, what? I said I'm telling everybody to go buy it so, yeah, so they well, can see what I we're mean, talking about. No, def- I would hope that anybody <laughs> who really is interested in our band, I, I would think it would be something they'd want to get 
sooner or later because, um, you know, it's well done. Yeah, I normally, you know, try and not compliment our own releases as much as I'm doing with this, but I feel like I can do that. And, you know, I don't have to be as modest because it really is her hard work that I'm complimenting. You know, we were just standing there in front of the camera being interviewed. She's the one who made it what it is. Yeah. Well, you you guys did a lot of work, you know, spending 20 years in the band making footage for you. <laughs> so- <laughs> That's what she said, you know, because I told her that. She goes, hey, well, you know, I had I had good material to work on, too. So Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'll, uh, you know... I guess after 20 years, something interesting has has to have happened during yeah. that time, you know, and, and it, it does. You, you live your life day to day, and it does not seem that exciting, but when you take the, the high points and the interesting points and thread it into a storyline like that, it um it is pretty interesting, actually. Absolutely, absolutely. DVD, again, is called Centuries of Torment, so uh, go pick it up. All right, so uh, moving on into the future, uh, everybody probably wants to know what the uh, tour plans are, so uh, dish it out for us. Okay, well, there's a certain amount that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to dish yet. (laughs) The the stuff that I can, uh, I'll name names, and the stuff where it's not completely confirmed, I will just be vague. How about that? Do it up. (laughs) I'll be completely vague, you know, just tons of touring this year. Um, We're working on... Some, some of the biggest tour opportunities we've ever had. We're hoping to get on one of the big summer festivals, and that's looking really good, but, you know, I can't confirm anything at this point. Um, we also will be doing a headliner in April, and that'll mostly be Canada, um, and there should be an announcement coming pretty soon about who our support will be for that tour. Um, and the first thing that we're starting to do, this I can talk about um, and be completely clear, we're opening for Children of Bodom over in Europe, and that's um, actually starting a week from now. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be published, <laughs> but um, it's starting in um, February, the beginning of February, and we'll go for the entire month of February. And that's something we're really excited to do because, of course, Bodum's a great band, you know, great musicians, but also they're a little, they're obviously a little bit different from what we do. So we've never had that kind of opportunity in Europe to do a full tour. First of all, opening for another band. We've never done a full tour of Europe opening. A couple festivals, small festival tours, yes, but never. It's our only opportunity we've had to open for another band in Europe. And then also they're a band that does draw a bit of a different kind of crowd. So we're going to have you know our crowd there. They'll have theirs, and these should be really big shows. And it's a good way for both bands to have different people see them you know, play. And I'm very excited to see how it turns out. So that's yeah. what we're getting ready for in the immediate future is doing that opening tour for, with Children of Bodom. Yeah, and th- there's only been less than a hand's worth of times you haven't headlined, right? Yeah. If I, I mean, remember right. <laughs> anywhere in the world. You know, like in, in America we have um, opened for three, there's three tours that we opened. Um, the first was in 1992 opening for Agnostic Front and Obituary. And Malevolent was also on that bill playing before us. Um, in 1996, we opened for Misfits and Anthrax. Um, in 2006, we were on Sounds of the Underground tour in the middle of the bill somewhere. We were not the headliner. Um, there were several bands after us. So those were the three tours in America that we didn't headline. Our very first tour in America, we headlined. We headlined <laughs> Old Atheist and Gorguts. So it's really how it's been for us. In Europe, um, we've done a couple short festival tours where they were like a week to a week and a half long with um you know and those were opening for other bands but our 
any full-length tour we've done of Europe has always been a headliner. Even the very first one in 1991, we headlined over the French band Loud Blast. And, um, you know, since since then it had always been headlining. So we're, I think we're the kind of band that a lot of the bigger bands might not want opening for them for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know why. So we, we definitely appreciate um, you know, Children of Bodom, you know, stepping up and taking us out it's a great opportunity and we we're grateful to them for giving us that opportunity and you'll have a hell of a time i guarantee it <laughs> they party a lot <laughs> you know, I'm, a lot of people know i'm i'm pretty pretty much not a partier except for rare occasions you know when i'll come off the cross as <laughs> but um yeah you know maybe i'll you know come off the cross and get you know do some partying with those guys on this tour. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. We're also um, splitting our bus with um, another band from Finland called Diablo. I guess they're friends of Children of Bodom. And so chances are it'll be a, just a big party the whole way around. You know, cause <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll get it out of you. <laughs> no partying. Yeah, Finnish bands are known for, for being good partiers. So yeah. it'll probably be a lot of fun to be had on that tour for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, well, just one more thing before we head out of here. I mean, after after doing just the couple of, uh, like, especially Sounds of the Underground a few years ago, uh, do you enjoy that change of pace? You know, not headlining, or do you or do you like to be in your zone as a as a, a headliner for the entire run, or do you kind of like both? We we definitely like both. Um, really, for us, like doing these these tours where we're opening, especially a festival tour where you're playing maybe just a half hour or thirty five minutes, something like that. It's um. A lot, really, it's a lot easier on us. You know, there's some definitely less pressure because when you're headlining, you know, a huge amount of the people at the show are there to see you first and foremost. They might enjoy the openers, but a lot of them are are there, you know, to see you play. So that's it. You're the you're the you're the headliner. You know, that's the the high pressure spot is being the band that closes the night, um, and it's pressure that we definitely don't mind. I mean, we enjoy it. You know, we want to. You know, we go to great lengths to make sure that we um, live up to what people are paying to see. But um, there's definitely a lot less pressure. It's a much more like a, almost like a traveling circus environment when you're on these big festival tours because everybody just goes up there and bangs out their songs and, you know, does the best that they can in that short period of time they have to play. But then after that, it's, it's time to hang out and party. Yeah, you, know? exactly. you, you usually have a lot of spare time. <laughs> when you're done with your set, if there's still five bands left, you're not going to leave. You're going to hang out and hang out with fans and, you know, drink some beers and have a good time. And it's it's more laid back. When we finish playing a headlining set, we will get out and talk to fans for about an hour or so, but then we usually have to pack up and go on to the next city. So there's a lot more opportunity to hang out when you're doing an opening set, for sure. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so uh, for all of these uh, upcoming tour plans, everybody, just make sure to check back to myspace.com slash cannibalcorpse and uh, metalblade.com. And uh, again, the new Cannibal Record Evisceration Play comes out on February 3rd. So, Alex, give us some final words, and we're uh, out of here. Um, well, just thank you very much for the interview. and Thank you. I want to say thank you to all of our supporters who are listening, and we hope to see you all on tour this year. All right, we will see you on the road. Thank you very much. Cool, thank you. Bye.